Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 843. Pretty quiet out in the Talking Birds garden this morning, although we did hear just a few minutes ago a skein, a small skein of Canada geese flying by out there. <laughs> That's a recreation. Well, we hate to start the show again by talking about a big illness outbreak among songbirds, but it's kind of a big deal and a cause for concern for many people, too, who have bird feeders and or bird baths in their yards. This mysterious disease has sickened birds from Virginia to Indiana and has caused officials in the affected states and other nearby states to recommend that bird feeders and bird baths be taken out of service for the time being. And by the way, that recommendation about the bird feeders extends at least according to some fish and wildlife departments to hummingbird feeders as well as to other kinds of feeders. What's causing the problem? No answer yet. Researchers are still trying to figure out just what's causing all these birds to become ill. Well, our Freya, uh, Freya McGregor is when she's not when she's not traveling all over the country. He said she's checking out the birds in her neighborhood, and we have a new audio postcard from her about why even cats shouldn't mess with northern mockingbirds. Hey everyone, it's Freya McGregor here. And that sound is a really angry mockingbird. Because there's a cat. I'm standing in my neighborhood in Tuscaloosa, which is why there's cars going past. And uh, we just heard this strange noise. And as we got closer, we found this northern mockingbird. It's swooping. Someone's pet cat that's roaming around the neighborhood at dusk and yelling at it. Uh, swooping. And I don't know if it's quite making contact, but it's getting close. So here's your friendly reminder that if you are a cat owner, please do your cat a favor and save it from deathly swoops from mockingbirds and keep it inside because you'll be protecting many, many, many other birds from uh, getting eaten or injured by cats. So um, please keep your cats inside for the birds and for the cats. All right, bye. All right, thank you, Freya. Some, Some good advice there from our Freya McGregor. And by the way, we've learned about another threat to birds from cats. Experts say that the bacteria in cat saliva are toxic to birds, so that even if a cat attack does not immediately kill, the bite often leads to infection and death for the bird. That's another bird. It's our mystery bird. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along later in the show. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. 
Com. You heard the sound there. We're still hearing it a bit. Our mystery bird is a bold and curious large songbird. Its head, wings, and long tail are blue, and its back and underparts are a pale gray-brown, and it has a kind of frosted white forehead, eyebrow, and throat, along with a black bill, black eyes, and black legs. Our bird, which is found in one southeastern state and nowhere else, has an eclectic appetite, feeding on everything from acorns and seeds to tree frogs and turtles. Pretty interesting bird for sure. That's a preview of our contest, except for the prizes, including a Droll Yankees new generation metal finch sock. Beautiful yellow top and base that offers the attraction of a finch sock and the durability of metal. And our bonus prize, we love this, and we'll give some more description about this uh, in a bit. It's a couple of rolls of feather-friendly window collision tape to prevent birds from crashing into your windows. We lose millions and millions and millions of birds every year because of window crashes, and not just in big buildings either. So that's a bonus prize, that beautiful pack from our friends at Feather Friendly. Our mystery bird contest clues and prizes, and we'll have the actual contest itself coming along in just a little bit here this morning. Let's see. What's next here? I have to get my uh, my papers uh, in order. Here we go. Our must-see item of the week. It's Debbie's blog by our own Debbie Bleacher. This one is called Banding Day for Providence Peregrines. And it's all about Debbie's experience at the banding of peregrine falcon chicks in downtown Providence, Rhode Island. It is awesome and filled with some great photos. You can find it under the Read tab at TalkinBirds.com. That's Debbie's blog under the Read tab at TalkinBirds.com. Don't miss it. Here's our conservation salute of the week. Guess who has added a clean energy electric car to their fleet? No, it's not the Manhattan Yellow Cab Company. But it is a New York organization. The New York Police Department has added a Tesla Model 3 electric vehicle to its fleet for use in its Highway Patrol Division. The department says the long-range version of the car, quote, is optimized for police highway patrol operations, end quote. In other words, it's pretty fast. So a Talking Birds conservation salute to the NYPD for starting on the road to clean, renewable energy on the roadways of New York. Meanwhile, in a related piece of good news, we've learned that the big bipartisan infrastructure deal that's edging toward approval in Washington includes $7.5 billion to build out electric vehicle charging stations across the country as the U.S. seeks to wean itself from gas-guzzling cars and trucks. And now... A royal salute to new or new Talking Birds ambassadors are newly being thanked. Talking Birds ambassadors, including Abby Fields from Oxford, Massachusetts. She says, I really enjoy the show. Now I'm just waiting for my dad, another loyal listener, to join your ambassador team. Well, thank you, Abby. And dad, feel free to join anytime. And thank you to Jonelle F. from Luling, Louisiana. She says, love your podcast and birds. Thank you so much, Jonelle. Talking Birds listeners, please consider becoming a member of our Ambassadors family. Really easy to do, and we think you'll like it. Just go to the 
Read tab. No, sorry, that's that was the other thing. Sorry about that. Go to the Get Involved tab. That's the one at the top of our page at TalkinBirds.com. No G in Talkin'. Get Involved there, top of the page, TalkinBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with our friend Stephanie Ellis about bird rehabbing and plastic trash beach grabbing. Plus, we'll meet up with Mike O'Connor in an almost live from the archive edition of Let's Ask Mike about license plates to benefit conservation efforts. And up next, if you have a couple of rocks handy, get ready to bang them together in concert with today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Well, here's a bird word question. Did the phrase skinny as a rail come about as a reference to the bird or to a train track? The answer is... Hmm, neither. According to etymologists, the folks who study words, the phrase refers not to a track or a bird, but to a fence rail. But since this is a show about birds and not about fences or train tracks, we feature a feathered friend that's not only as skinny as a rail, it is a rail, the yellow rail. Like all rails, it's very skinny or laterally compressed, and for a very good reason. That allows the bird to negotiate its way in between the marsh reeds, which it inhabits. It's a small bird in the smallest of the rail family at only about six inches in length and a wingspan of about a foot. The yellow rail is a pretty tough bird to spot. As David Sibley puts it, as hard to see as a mouse. What with its small size and the fact that it tends to run around between and under dense vegetation. If you do spot a yellow rail, you'll see that it has a buffy yellow chest and face with yellowish and black streaks on its back, a dark crown, a dark stripe through the eye, and a small stubby bill. The yellow rail winters along the Gulf Coast and Florida and breeds in the extreme northern parts of the U.S. and through most of Canada. The call of the yellow rail consists mostly of a clicking sound heard almost exclusively at night. You can make this sound too. Just get a couple of small stones and bang them together in just the right cadence. Like this. That's the actual sound of a yellow rail. Try to spot one in a shallow marsh sometime. Meanwhile, let's bang those stones together again. Today's featured feathered friend, the yellow rail. Yes, Coturnicops nuva borosensis. By the way, thanks again to Birdwatching Magazine. And I wanted to mention that Jeopardy just used uh, Birdwatching Magazine, their birdwatchingdaily.com, as a source for a bird question on the show. Kind of nice feather in the cap for our friends at Birdwatching Magazine and birdwatchingdaily.com. Well, Stephanie Ellis is the director of and wildlife rehabilitator at Wildcare Cape Cod. And she has a special affinity for birds. Previously, she was animal care coordinator of the Wildlife Center of Silicon Valley. She was executive director of the Santa Clara Valley Audubon Society in Cupertino, California, and also served as interim executive director at the San Francisco Bay Bird Observatory. And she joins us on the phone right now to talk about wildlife rehab, especially 
for birds. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Ray. It's wonderful to have you back after a pretty uh, long absence here. So thanks for coming on with us. We're in late summer here, Stephanie, and I guess we're past nesting season for most birds, except for American goldfinch and a couple of other species. But uh, what are the, what are the, some of the issues you're dealing with, uh, particularly now in late summer? Sure. So in late summer, like you said, we'll start seeing the American goldfinches and um, the cedar waxwings are also late nesters. Um, and we see a lot of um, cat injuries, um, dogs, storms uh, can sometimes blow down nests. Um, and also for ground nesting birds, we see interactions with lawnmowers and tree trimming mm. and things like that. So it's pretty constant throughout the summer, actually. Yeah. And, and um, even though we're past most of nesting season, um, people still always wonder, and I'm sure this is a year-round question that people think of, about finding baby birds, uh, hatchlings, or fledglings on the ground. Where's the kind of the line there between putting them back into the nest if they're a hatchling or letting them be if they're fledglings hopping around there? Sure, that's a really great question. So a hatchling would be a bird that's um, usually referring to songbirds, and they're typically naked, blind, and helpless. So if you find a little hatchling on the ground, it's important to get it warm. And if you know where the nest, where the bird came from, you can put it back um, as long as it's not injured. But then there's this critical period where the adult birds will need to come back almost immediately and feed it because this bird will not be able to thermoregulate or feed itself. And the same with nestlings. Nestlings are birds that are somewhat feathered. Um, If you find them on the ground, you can also try putting them back into the nest if they're not injured. Mm. Um, And the problem is sometimes people will find babies on the ground and they don't know where the nest is. And so that's a situation where if they're too young to be out of the nest, people can call us and um, we will try to assist. And then ultimately we'll have you bring the babies in if needed. Um, the trouble comes with the, the fledgling, the juvenile delinquent songbirds. Um, I would say American Robin is the most kidnapped juvenile bird that we see. And that's because most songbirds, you know, they leave the nest before they can actually fly. And so it's this precarious stage, which is sometimes days to maybe a week, depending on the species, where they're hopping around on the ground. Their wing feathers are growing in. They get a little higher each day. Um, but the parents should be feeding them on the ground. Mm-hmm. So if you see a well-feathered juvenile bird, just watch for the parents from a distance. And um, usually the parents are there. And so we tell people, you know, if you care, leave it there. Um, it's it's a, a healthy juvenile. If you care, leave it there. Okay, I like that. I can I can remember that. <laughs> So, uh, Stephanie, you mentioned all these other things like lawnmowers and whatnot that are danger to uh, birds and fatal to birds, I'm sure, in many cases. You mentioned uh, when we were off the air about a northern cardinal that you had uh, brought in recently, which was the victim of a glue trap, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, Glue traps, for people who may not be familiar, are those sticky plates that you can buy at hardware stores, and they're used to control rodents. Um, personally, I think they're an inhumane means of controlling rodents because, you know, the animal dies on this sticky plate that they're hopelessly entangled in. And sadly, you know, those plates are not discriminative. discriminative. They um, trap the unintended. 
So we often receive amphibians, snakes, uh, small songbirds. We just received an adult male cardinal who probably saw insects wiggling around on the plate, you know, that were stuck. Mm -hmm. And then the cardinal goes in for the insect and gets hopelessly stuck. Um, and you can imagine being stuck on a plate. Often they tear skin, they break bones, mm. they lose feathers, and eventually exhaust themselves. It's a really, truly, truly inhumane product. Mm-hmm. And there's rodenticide, speaking of uh, inhumane products. Yes, um, another uplifting topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, rodenticides are absolutely terrible. These are, um, I'm referring specifically to our second-generation anticoagulant rodenticides, and these are and uh, rat and mouse poisons. And mm-hmm. so what people don't know is when you poison animals with anticoagulants, poison mice or rats, these debilitated mice or rats go outside, and then they are easy prey for hawks, owls, foxes, coyotes. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those animals then get secondary poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often, often a slow... Uh, debilitating death um, where the animals um, hemorrhage internally and they become anemic and we get them when they're incredibly weakened. Mm-hmm. And we talked about cats. Our Freya McGregor talked about it earlier on and that's a major problem for birds. Yes. Um, outdoor cats are a major problem for birds. I think cats are responsible for over is it 1.3 billion birds annually. Um, the death of 1.3 billion birds in just the United States alone. Mm. And that does not even account for the small mammals, the beneficial insects, reptiles and amphibians that cats take. So probably the number one reason we receive songbirds at wild care is because of um, negative cat interaction. Mm -hmm. So we are not anti-cat. We love all animals. We just prefer it's really safer for your cat to be indoors and it's safer for wildlife. Uh, so we usually tell people if your cat needs to be in the great outdoors, build it a catio, which is a, an indoor-outdoor patio where your cat is contained mm-hmm. and it thinks that it's roaming wild. Yeah, that's I've been reading about those are really cool. That's another reason to have you come back on the show, uh, Stephanie, to talk about that. And also the some of the proactive things you're doing, like trash your tackle, which is um, really something that, that helps birds and other creatures and our planet in general, having to do with fishing tackle in a way to keep it out of our uh, waterways and on the ground as well. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to invite you back again very soon, uh, Stephanie, to tackle those topics. Wonderful. I would love to come back. Thank you, Ray. And we'll talk about our little flirting initiative here at Talking Birds as well. Stephanie Ellis is Director of and Wildlife Rehabilitator at Wild Care Cape Cod. You can find out about their wonderful work at wildcarecapecod.org. Stephanie, thanks again for being with us. Thank you, Ray. Have a good day. You too. And coming up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. 
Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There it is, our slightly less than melodic mystery bird, a bold and curious large songbird. Its head, wings, and long tail are blue, and its back and underparts are a pale gray-brown, and it has a kind of frosted white forehead, eyebrow, and throat, along with a black bill, black eyes, and... Black legs. It's found in one southeastern state in one place only. That's our mystery bird. A beautiful Droll Yankees new generation metal finch sock feeder is our prize and our bonus prize. And we are so happy about this. Two rolls of feather-friendly window collision tape to prevent birds from crashing into your windows. And by the way, if you win this uh, prize as our bonus prize, you not only get the tape, which is really easy to put on, but a little squeegee that helps make it that much easier, and a measuring tape comes with it, and a bird collision information guide, and information about global bird rescue. It's a whole beautiful package here that you get with this uh, bonus prize from our friends at Feather Friendly. So call us as soon as you can for our mystery bird contest. No right answer means a drawing determines our winner, which we're determined to have. 781-837-4900 is the number. That's 781-837-4900. Up next, almost live from the archive, let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com my name is Lisa Durst, and I'm from Middlebury, Vermont. I love being a Talking Birds ambassador because I can take my love of bird watching to the next level and share it with other bird watchers. I encourage all listeners out there to become a Talking Birds ambassador just like me. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com. Join today and thanks. Down in Cape Cod, Route 6A, Orleans, to be specific, is uh, arguably the greatest bird store in the country. Many people, in fact, call it America's Bird Store. Be. <laughs> is that not true? Did I just yeah, make that up? Uh, I, oh, everybody. Not many. Oh. Everybody calls Every, it that. that's, well, that's the correction. Everybody calls it America's <laughs> bird store. That's the Bird Watchers General Store. And I believe Mike O'Connor is here with us right now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Big Ray. Hey, and I had one of your listeners in from Rhode Island. I think you've been to Rhode Island in the past, haven't you? Pawtucket is my hometown. Oh, oh holy smokes. And this uh, woman was <laughs> Elizabeth. She came in with her family, and she mm-hmm. listens to your show on one of the stations down there. And she came in the other day and, and saying how much she liked the show. And then she wanted to see. Remember a few weeks ago I talked about the fly catchers in the box? Yeah. And, uh, and how we could see them feed the babies and all that. 
and she wanted to see some video. Apparently, the station she has doesn't have video on the radio station. I don't know why. <laughs> so I showed her some of that. my video, and she was, yeah, yeah. She, was, she was really friendly, and she was really enjoyed your show, so I wanted to pass that on. So you got, you've got the Rhode Island fake coined right there, that market coined. Okay, let me just check this off, Rhode Island. Okay, I <laughs> uh, got that. By the way, that's uh, WCRI down there in southern Rhode Island, a great classical station. They're at 95.9. Down there in Rhode Island. Yeah, I yeah. listen to it anytime I'm in wherever that is in Rhode Island. <laughs> wherever that is, okay. So, uh, Mike, we uh, kind of teased the fact that you talk about license plates this morning. Yeah, in Massachusetts, believe it or not, Massachusetts is, you know, everybody thinks it's a big, green, hippie, liberal state with all the, you know, the tree huggers and stuff. But back in the 80s, it wasn't so great. And we had that big Boston Harbor pollution situation that we, everybody still remembers. So they cleaned it up. And one of the things they did was created a, a Massachusetts Environmental Trust mm-hmm. to to address some of these things. And and they, they gave them a budget and people that had these... Uh, programs could go to this trust and get grants and whatever and one of the ways the trust raised money is by selling license plates uh with with an image of a, a whale's tail on on it and people whaling's big around here and so it would say uh the picture of the whale's tail and rw for right whale would be in the corner and it raised a lot of money it raised like 18 million dollars or something for conservation wow. people went to that mm-hmm. wonderful images and a quick look around the country a lot of states are uh, doing this now and some of the states have some beautiful plates. Uh, New York has Roger Torrey Peterson artwork on there. Hmm. So it's the beautiful of uh, bluebirds of Eastern bluebirds. So and which is which is their state bird. And in a lot of these states, will uh, if you pay a little extra, you get this beautiful plate. And then the money goes into conservation. Oh, I'm getting a hook. I had like 44 states I wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, I don't know that music starts. There's nothing we can do about it. It's, just, it's an automated <laughs> thing. Man, but I'm yeah. Right. yeah. So that's it. So if you live in one of these states, look into these plates because the money goes to conservation. And you'll get a nice looking plate. And yeah. you know, there you go. That's all I it's got to say. What they what they call it a win win situation. It's a win win. Yeah. So look into yeah. your own particular state. Even Rhode Island has uh, osprey on their plate. If you give them a little bit of money. All right. Way to go, Rhode Island. Mike, thank you, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. We now return to the mystery bird contest, already in progress, kind of. And that's our mystery bird. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And Laura is in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Laura. We have a mystery bird there, which you heard. You heard the clues and all of that. And um, what do you say it is? Uh, Florida Scrub Jay. Florida, uh, Florida Scrub Jay, is it? You, you, you enunciated that so clearly we couldn't miss it, and uh, you're absolutely right. Nice job. Florida Scrub oh, Jay. Yeah. That's, uh, that color is, that bird is blue, of course, as we described. Uh, we have a bonus question that relates to that. You want to try it? Uh, I'll give it a try. All right. Uh, we have three options. Birds can have blue pigment only in which of the following? A, feathers. B, skin, or C, eggshells? Uh, 
Which one is it? Eggshells. Eggshells is absolutely right, yes. You don't have an extra prize for this. I hope you don't mind, but you have those other beautiful prizes that will be sent in to you. All right? Okay, great. All right. Thank you so much, Laura. That's Laura correctly identifying the uh, Florida scrub jay as our mystery bird in eggshells. It's the only place in birds that can have blue pigment, not in feathers, not in skin. The feather color that looks blue is just that kind of uh, interaction with the light among this feather structure. Wow, we're out of time for this morning's show. Thank you so much for being with us. And don't forget our Talking Birds flock. It's a great way to meet other Talking Birds listeners and share photos and videos and observations about birds and nature and conservation. Just go to Facebook.com and put um, Talking Birds flock in the search bar there to join. We're working on a guest for next week. Not sure who it's going to be yet. Uh, We have a couple of options. But two weeks from now, we know for sure, we'll have our own Freya McGregor. She'll be live with us from the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival in Tucson. Two weeks from today. Thanks to our great Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins, and special guest, Stephanie Stephanie Ellis. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at VortexOptics.com. And Beauty O Books. An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.